Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and Brianna Larimer share their decades of experience training in workplaces across the nation and talk to other experts about what it takes to be a team player, a great manager, and a leader others want to follow. This is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Uh, with you today, we got Missouri Training Institute, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and myself, Brianna Larimer. In today's topic, we are talking about creativity and innovation in the workplace. And let me tell you um, just a, a quick story. When I first started with MTI, and this goes to how much Dewey has invested this in our kind of our culture, we had to sit down and we had to just kind of brainstorm these ideas on sticky notes and throw them all up on a wall. And we were organizing our thoughts and it was a whole brainstorming tool. But I remember that being Dewey, one of the first times I had done something like that. And it was almost uncomfortable because I don't think I'd been in workplaces before where we were harnessing creativity and innovation. So tell me a little bit why that's important. Well, I don't think that if you if you're not continuously improving or evolving or innovating, you're going to be left behind. And so it is somewhat uncomfortable, probably, that if you didn't come from a culture of um, creativity and that kind of thing. I mean, you came from law enforcement, right? So uh, there's a lot of... By the book. Yeah, it's by the book. There's a lot of rules there you got to follow. And um, in our our industry, uh, sometimes it's more about being creative. It's about being innovative. So it's important to kind of think about um, helping helping people with that a little bit. How do we get people to think kind of outside the box, uh, outside the lines, so to speak? And so I think that there are some things that you can do um, to kind of create that or embed that within your culture. And um, the activity that you're referring to, you know, we were getting ready for a big project mm-hmm. and we were trying to do some some planning with that project. And so I wanted, I didn't want it to be the same project that we've always done. I didn't want it to be just another training course that we're putting together. The, the thing that you're talking about is, you know, creating those sticky notes, you know, mm-hmm. so everybody gets a pad of sticky notes. They can jot down their brainstormed ideas, one per one per sticky note and put them up on the wall. Um, as opposed to just walk, instead of just going around the table and asking, what are your idea? What is your idea? What is your idea? Um, this way it makes it um, a lot more creative. Um, people don't, ideas don't get judged immediately then. And then that brings the room to a halt, you know? So um, it's more about just being creative and um, all ideas are valuable. Doesn't mean we're going to do them all or implement them all, but all ideas are valuable. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to challenge what was said, Um, not as invalid, but I want us to challenge that thinking that a police department can't be creative or innovative. Mm -hmm. And I, I know you will agree. I think that's why we get stuck or companies like that or organizations like that get stuck because we think there is only one way to do what we do. Is that the only way to deal with the problems that we're having? Um, And I think sometimes that's where we get stuck because we haven't sat around the table as an internal organization and said, what are the options? Mm -hmm. And we haven't given those people that are closest to the process that voice. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you think about it in um, when you think about growing up in school, for example. You know, if you think about your school experiences, a lot of what they do is they teach you a bunch of rules, right? They teach you a bunch of of rules. You know, uh, you have to do things inside the parentheses before you do the exponents. So to speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, what we're trying to talk about, you know, is is to kind of get rid of the rules a little bit. Not to say that they aren't important. Not to say that rules uh, don't help us. Um, um, solve a math problem. I get that. But are there other ways of doing the same things we've always been doing? Right. And and that's what we're talking about in terms of trying to create more uh, innovation. Um, and, and I thank you, Ray, yeah. for bringing that up. I think that that's important to uh, even though you might have a culture of of rule driven stuff that it doesn't mean you can't be innovative. It doesn't mean you can't right. be creative. So there's two things here. How do we get to the same result right. in a different way. I think that's one way to think about creativity and innovation. The other way is, how do we just do something different? We don't even want that end result anymore. We want something totally different. I mean, we looked at somebody, you know, I, and I know this is an overused example, but it's, it's we have somebody like Steve Jobs who created something we didn't even need. Mm -hmm. And now we can't live without it. Right. Mm -hmm. We literally cannot live without something he created. He developed a need in us we didn't even need. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we didn't even have, right? And so I think, you know, there's, there's that side of creativity and innovation. And that's also where we think about companies that don't take the time to think up things that we don't even need. Um, you know, there's that part of it, too. So it's also about giving process owners an opportunity to think about how could we do this better mm -hmm. um, and still get the end result or the desired result. It's also, wow, this is something we'd like to create that we don't know will even work. And there's that whole idea as well. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a great point in the sense that um, there are sometimes things that get in the way of of creativity and innovation. But I, I'm curious because you say time, right? Time certainly can hinder our willingness to sit down and have these kinds of conversations. Um, but I would also say that sometimes for us to be willing and to be vulnerable in our creative ideas, there's got to be a high level of, of trust on the team. I would agree with that. Because giving out an idea that might seem really crazy <laughs> takes some trust. Mm -hmm. Because for me to voice that crazy idea and risk being shot, shot down, down. <laughs> judged. <laughs> judged, or like somebody looking at you like, okay, cray cray, um, you know, <laughs> it just it does. Yeah. It, yeah. it does take that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you have to have that environment where people feel safe yeah. to be able to voice these new creative ideas. You know, sometimes it's about taking two things that we've never thought could go together and smash them together. And, you know, that could be the spark of a creative new idea. But the minute if you don't have that culture where it's safe to verbalize that, mm, right. um, then, you know, you're going to end up with the same things you've always had and expect different results. Right. And that's insanity. Right. That's you know, the other thing that I see tied to that, too, unfortunately, is not only somebody thinking you're really 
out of line or, or, you know, have these wacky ideas and they're not valuable and that psychological safety that's so needed in order to bring these ideas to the table. I've also seen this and I, I'm really, this is, this hurts me, but I've also seen these ideas brought to the table by employees and they're, they're actually good ideas. And then the manager takes credit for them. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I see the pain on both of your faces and I'm dealing with um, somebody that I'm getting ready to coach who that's kind of their M.O. Mm. Is he's got a really great team, but he's developed a reputation for himself of stealing his team's ideas and not necessarily giving them credit and getting him to see that. Um is that's kind of hard because from a leader's perspective, they're probably thinking, well, you know, I lead the team. Right. You know, and it was a team effort. And so why shouldn't I be able to take some of that credit? Right. Right. Um, but it is this other person's idea. It was this the gem uh, of this idea really came from somebody else. So as leaders, it's important for you to uh, recognize where did the gym come from? Right. Make sure we give credit where credit is due. Even if you help them arrive at that idea. Yeah, absolutely. I still think yeah. you give credit to the team. Absolutely. Because what it's going to do is drive momentum for the next idea and right. the next idea and the next idea. Well, see, that's a good example of uh, um, what I call a moment of leadership. You know, uh, we see those really brief, brief little microseconds almost of a moment of leadership. And that leader can either um, set one example or they can set a different example. Right. And so by giving somebody the credit, that sets the example for the next time that you just mentioned by a leader taking the credit. Well, that sets a different example for the next time, doesn't it? Yeah. And if we're trying to create that culture of creativity and innovation and capitalize on building that environment of trust and psychological safety, boy, (laughs) we just eradicated that. Absolutely. You know, um, when you find yourself in a hole, quit digging. Yeah. I would say that um, also, I mean, we've all been in um, different organizational cultures and seen a lot of different organizational cultures. And and some of them, I think, are better at um, mining the innovative ideas and mining creativity than others. Um, you know, but, you know, culture is hard to change. You know, it's that real tradition. Um, uh, it goes really, really deep. And so sometimes it is difficult to do that. Um, so, you know, just taking a look at your at the organizational culture and, and seeing what we can do to maybe change a little bit of that or the climate of it to where people feel more comfortable giving out ideas, I think is a, is a positive step forward. Yeah. I certainly think that's where it starts. When we think about that, again, making sure that your team has been cognizant in building the trust. You as the leader have been intentionally building trust on your team. You're really working to create that culture of innovation and creativity. Um, But, you know, if that's all established and we're, we're to that point, I guess, what are some next elements? What are some other ways we can harness then some creativity if we're on the right path forward? You've got to take a look at your talent pool. What are the strengths that everybody brings to the table? And are you harnessing and leveraging those different talents? Um, And if you're not, why not? First of all, examine that. Um, What else could you do to be bringing and capitalizing on that? Um, Hire diversity. You know, and I 
you know, and I don't mean that in the traditional as we know that IDE diversity. However, I do encourage that. But really the diversity of thought. Hmm. Right. The diversity of experience and don't get people that just think like you think, um, you know, really, really look for that, because mm-hmm. um, I think that's where you also begin to grow and stretch and challenge yourself. Yeah. Um, I think a, I think another thing you can do to um what especially what leaders can do to kind of increase the idea of creativity and innovation on their teams is to uh, <laughs> people hate me using this term conduct autopsies you know <laughs> so when things don't go so well uh, when we uh, find ourselves making mistakes or, or things didn't really pan out the way we thought that they would you know why what was going on there um yeah you know i think it's um I think it's failure only if you fail to examine why it failed, right? Okay, that's a mouthful. Um, But what we're looking at is don't accept the fact that you just fail from it. What did you learn from that experience so that you can take that maybe the next time? I think that's one of my favorite questions that we ask here at MTI, right? How is this the best problem we've ever had? Absolutely. Um, And that jumpstarted us last year, you know, when when we really step back and we think about what MTI did uh, as far as just the face-to-face training. Right. And then transitioning into a virtual environment. And Ray, I know you did the math. How many days did it take us to? Oh, my gosh. Less than 30. Because one of the things we had that foundation of a culture of innovation and creativity. Yeah. And so we were able to sit down as a team and immediately just start what what, what are our options? What can right. we do here? And the quantity I think is a lot more important than the quality of ideas during those moments. Um, Absolutely. That's a good point. I could not agree more. You know, we often think about um, brainstorming and somebody throws an idea, we immediately start to judge it. Um, Well, that will come later. But right now, let's get as many ideas on the board. And then once you do that, then you can think about, are there other ideas that we can combine to make even a whole Mm -hmm. new option for us? So you really do want a guy, think, go after quantity of ideas first, quality of them come later. Not to, not to say that that's not important, but just go after quantity uh, first, and then we can move into the idea of quality. You know, some other things that I think um, leaders can do to really increase innovation on their teams is stay abreast of trends. You know, I hope everybody, whatever your chosen field of industry is, I hope that you've got um, some really good, reliable sources bookmarked on, your, on the internet where you keep going back and learning more and reading more. Um, you're looking at what the uh, future might be for that particular industry. Um, What do the leading experts see um, coming down the pike in the future? Um, Another thing is about um, benchmarking, you know? So I always like to tell the story of Southwest Airlines, who um, when they first kind of started out, they were having a very difficult time at what they call that at the gate at the gate maintenance, you know, mm-hmm. um, they load the plane, everybody's on the plane, and then the little red light comes on in the cockpit. So they have to call <laughs> the maintenance crew out. Well, they were really struggling with that, especially when compared to other airlines. So what one of the things that they did is they went out and benchmarked a lot of other um, organizations. And they did go and benchmark other airlines to see what they were doing with that 
at the gate maintenance function. But the other group, another group that they went out and benchmarked, which I found so fascinating, was Indy 500 pit crews. Hmm. I mean, think about it. It's a completely different industry, right? However, it's the same function. Um, and who better uh, to go out and, uh, than an Indy 500 pit crew? Right. You know, and that's, I guess, one of the things I would say about when if you're involved with any kind of benchmarking, you always want to benchmark the best of the best, right? There's no sense in benchmarking mediocre right. <laughs> uh, companies or things like that that are just kind of ho-hum um, with, their, with their performance. You always want to benchmark the best of the best. That's where you can learn a lot more of. It's like I say, you know, you didn't learn to read from a kindergartner. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Well, and I think you're, you're right in the sense that don't just look at just your industry. Mm-hmm. Look at things outside of that, too, because I think we oftentimes get that tunnel vision of, you know, here's how yeah. other people are doing it here. And so this is what we need to be doing. But there are those opportunities. I think that's a great yeah. example. Look at me. the function as opposed to uh, of what you're trying to benchmark rather than maybe just the, the product or the industry. Right. right. I, you know, and hospitals did it when healthcare became so competitive, mm-hmm. right? Hospitals did it. They looked at five-star hotels. And now you go into a hospital, many, many of the lobbies and the services provided in those lobbies look like hotel lobbies. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gorgeous. They're marble. They've got statues and fountains and plants and they're, they're beautiful. And how how many hotels or how many hospitals now you can order food from a menu and have it delivered when you want it. And, you know, it's more of a room service concierge service. And they weren't looking at other hospitals. Right. They were looking at hotels um, as a way to think about their services and what they're providing. So and I think we keep hearing this term as far as providing, you know, and I, I, I would venture to say and I don't know what your all's thoughts are on this, but. Especially nowadays, it is about the experience of yes. something. So, um, so true. Maybe more than even the product sometimes. What right. experience are you giving that client or that customer? Um with that team, for that matter. You exactly. Know? Exactly. And people are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, people, when I say that from a customer perspective, but I'll also say this, I think employees are willing to not get paid as much in order to have a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um they're looking for those types of things when we talk about employee engagement. You know, am I allowed to be creative? Do they value my opinions? Do I have a, a best friend at work? We know that's one of the engagement factors um, that we measure at work. So when we think about those types of things that, Brianna, you just mentioned, um, how how are we rewarding as leaders? How are we rewarding innovative behaviors? Not even the fact that we just implemented the most innovative behavior, but the fact that you're coming up with them, that you're always trying to evolve, you know, and we're like, yes, we may or may not do it just like you said, Dewey, but we want to keep hearing those kinds of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would also encourage us um, as leaders and supervisors out there is that you have a lot of authority in creating the co- appropriate climate for creativity and innovation to to thrive. So don't forget about your coaching responsibilities, yeah. right? So, uh, so for example, um, I, I, in those brainstorming sessions that you started this podcast off, you know, and talking about what we do here at MTI, it's important that um, I like 
in those kind of situations for people to say yes and to tag on an idea rather than saying yeah but mm-hmm. right so you know that's a coaching moment and and um, I think leaders have a lot to to a lot of authority in creating the appropriate climate where innovation and creativity can take place well and I want to even stepping into the actual physical environment you know when we talk about that um, it, it's also important I think in workplaces now you're seeing I mean nationally just this change in um, how companies feel especially as we were all going back to the workplace um, um, some of us maybe still in a hybrid approach, but you're seeing places where there's yoga studios now, mm-hmm. you know, people, mm-hmm. I see organizations where we don't have chairs anymore. We all have yoga balls. And <laughs> I mean, there, there's so many different elements of the environment. Um, I know that there's places out there that do couches and chill right. spaces and time, right. you know, where you can just de-stress. Right. Well, there's a lot. We have a perfect example here in town. There's a, an insurance company that where I know in their lobby, uh, and it's not their their, their customer lobby, um, but it's a, the employees kind of lobby area where they have a basketball goal set up mm. inside the building where people can go and relieve a little bit of stress or to maybe get away and, and get them to think, you know, sometimes physical activity can kind of get people to think. They also have a great coffee bar and they've created all these spaces where people can gather mm-hmm. impromptu, in, in, a, in a prompt-to way, not with a scheduled meeting in a conference room, but, you know, at the coffee bar, mm-hmm. you know, and, and go get, pour yourself a, a cup of coffee, put some, um, you know, flavored syrup in it or whatever you want to do. But you have, they, it allows them to, to talk. It allows them to um, exchange ideas in a very, um, uh, in, not in a very stuffy way, but in, right. in an organic way where creativity and innovation can thrive. Right. And that's, I think, was the unfortunate thing. We know work from home did not decrease productivity. And honestly, it didn't really, I mean, according to the the statistics, it didn't really decrease engagement. Mm-hmm. However, it did decrease that idea of creativity mm-hmm. uh, because there was no organic meetings at the water cooler, so to speak. Right. Um, but yeah, once we, you know, a lot of organizations are coming back or have come back. Mm-hmm. And um, so those more organic conversations can happen because they missed they missed each other in that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I, I was thinking about a situation last week where I felt stuck, you know, in my work. And um, so I just got up and I went out and took a walk, you know, across mm-hmm. campus. And it, it allowed me a little bit of space uh, for me to think about what I was thinking about. And when I got back to the office, like then it started to click a little bit more. Right. And so allowing for those kinds of things to happen um, can be can be helpful. How many times do we have we planned entire series programs on the phone while we're driving? And oh, my gosh. Oh and then gosh. we can't write anything down, but we're like, <laughs> what about this? And what about this? And we're, we're on the phone with each other because we're both on the road to visiting clients. I mean, years ago. And then we. And that was unfortunate. I know. Because that, that one time was probably one of the best things that we actually created. And neither one of us wrote, had the opportunity to write no, things down. We so were driving. we yeah. were both driving time. Well, when we think about this, I think it's also, um, you know, we talk a lot about kind of what the leadership, what management can do to to empower some of this creativity and this innovation. You know, I think on just the frontline employees point too. Take that time. You know, like I know one thing I've done with you all is I, I mentioned to you Fridays are my creative days, you know, doing some of our, our marketing and stuff here. I need to have the space to just be in the zone on Fridays. 
And so let your, I guess, let your leadership, let, you know, let them know where you're at and kind of what you need that would help you in that element of creativity and innovation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a two way street, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, you know, um, I think that we talked about this at the very beginning of the the segment, but the idea that you got to hire right for that diversity, we got to hire for different talents. And there is a war for talent right now. Definitely. (laughs) Everywhere you look now hiring, now hiring. And so plenty of opportunity out there. What's going to be your differentiating factor, I think, as a workplace? What is something you can bring to some of those interviews or even the job postings themselves that would show that you are an innovative and creative? Well, one of the things that I like to try to do when I'm um, interviewing or trying to get to know a candidate for a particular position um, is I want to know what makes them passionate. How might they want to contribute? Where do they see themselves? You know, hopefully they've done a little uh, research in my organization, right? And so maybe they know a little bit about it, but I want to know what what do they, what brings them meaningfulness in their job? What, what are they passionate about? Because I think oftentimes if you can isolate what that is, um, you have a real good understanding, I think, about, um, you know, how how creative they can be in trying to make sure that they fulfill that sense of meaningfulness. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think communicating your culture related to innovation and creativity and how it's rewarded and hopefully it is mm-hmm. um, because I know people in the workforce right now or trying to get in the workforce are looking for that. Absolutely. Um, and that autonomy yeah. to do that. Yeah. And in our business, you know, as a training organization, uh, an organization that's really, we deal with people and we have to remember that there's not a one size fits all when we're dealing with people. Right. And um, I think it's just so, so critical that that is explained to those candidates right off the bat, because we have hired people um, who just didn't have the ability to be creative in working with people. Right. And they do not last long in this business. And so. um, So, yeah, you kind of learn from your mistakes. Right. And you and you look for that creativity and you look for that passion. Uh, the next time around. Yeah. Mishires turned into rehires. <laughs> <laughs> a misplacement becomes a displacement that requires a replacement. Yep. Uh, yep. So any other, as we start kind of wrapping up this idea of innovation and creativity in the workplace, any other final thoughts, things from the leader's perspective? You know, change starts with you. Mm-hmm. And the you is whoever you are, wherever you are within that organization. So it it's today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I guess the other thing I would say is that there's nothing ever at a hundred percent, right? You can always look for ways to improve. How can you make it simpler? How can you make it more aesthetically pleasing? How can you make it more uh, quicker? How can you make it cheaper? How can you, I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on. How do you make it prettier? So there's just so many different ways to improve things. And, um, you know, it just requires us to have kind of an open mind and to mind uh, other people's ideas uh, of, of what we could do together. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you have some things that you've done in your own workplace out there uh, that, that have really kind of empowered this idea of creativity and innovation, go ahead and leave us a comment on this podcast episode or find us on Facebook and leave us a comment on there. We'd love to start a list of all these ideas for all of you. And we'll post that then to our social media accounts. 
but uh, we appreciate you all tuning in today and we hope you go out there and go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu.